You're listening to Lead to Soar, bringing women the best career advice and mentorship from around the world. Lead to Soar is a production of A Career That Soars. Learn more at leadtosoar.com. Hello and welcome to the Lead to Soar podcast. Here at Lead to Soar, we are all about supporting ambitious career women towards achieving their highest goals. So if that's you, we're so glad that you found us. We are a production of A Career That Soars, which is our organization, our network. It's a space that you can join and see everything that we've got going on from networking calls to courses. If you're an ambitious career woman, it's a place for you. And if you are a new listener, I want to point out that here in season three, we've changed things up a bit. We're bringing in more variety. So some episodes feature guest interviews. Some episodes are short, sweet with tactical advice from Michelle. And then some are longer episodes that are going to be myself, Mel Butcher, and Michelle Redfern. Uh, Sometimes it may be Susan Colantuno or Amal Youssef, and we'll be coming on to talk in depth about advice and tactics that are important for you to take with you and apply to your career advancement. All right. Today's episode is about how to network like a boss, and you're going to hear this from Michelle, but when we talk about networking, we're talking about strategic networking, building relationships with the right others so that you can achieve those lofty goals that you've set for yourself. And we want to see you achieve those goals and we want to cheer you on the whole way. Let's get into it today with Michelle Redfern on how to network like a boss. Hello, Michelle. It's so nice to be here with you again. <laughs> Twice in one week. Twice in one week. How good is this? It's, I love talking to you, Mel. Yeah, it's so great. And we're going to do a nice follow-up to our previous discussion and dive into networking today, one of your favorite topics. It sure is. And um, I, and I love, I love talking about networking, strategic networking, of course, and when I'm talking to groups of women, when I can see their faces, of course, I say, who loves networking? And there's this usually either an inward, definitely an outward groan or collective groan, rolling of eyes and yeah, no, and I go, right, awesome, let's go. Because I love networking, but not, not in the way that you think I might like it. So that's what I'm, I'm excited to talk about. I'm excited to get to that with you. Okay, so... Let's talk about networks. There's different kinds of networks, and you've talked about three of these, operational, personal, and strategic. So let's start by talking about personal and operational. What are those networks? Yeah, thanks, Mel. So um, operational, well, personal networks, uh, I'll start with that, actually. Personal networks are... The networks with the people that you hang out with. Um, We hang out with them, you know, our friends, our family, the you you know, the the folks that you might have um, a beer with, go to the football with, you know, whatever it may be. Those those people you like to hang out with um, in life. So 
And then operational networks, they're the ones that we have at work. So your colleagues, your peers, your, your bosses, whomever it may be. And essentially they're the people who, well, you help them, but they help you get work done. So they, they're, the, they're your get shit done people. That's an operational network. So that's how I define the two of them. Okay. And then the third type is strategic network. So how would you define a strategic network and what can a good strategic network do for a professional? So a strategic network is, is a group of people that you have a relationship with that is aligned to your goal, to your career goal. So a strategic network is most important for career advancement and they're relationships with people that will help you bring your future self to life. So they are people that you might want to talk to about your ideas, about your career or your business or, or, or <laughs> growth. So is, is it career growth? Is it business growth? So that they're that those kind of people. They're people that, you know, such as mentors and sponsors, strategic mentors and sponsors, the way you might get career advice, get information, where they introduce you to other parts of their network um, and resources and, you know, whatever they may be, resources, again, that are going to help you achieve the goal that you've set out for yourself in terms of your career. Michelle, let's suppose we are speaking with some women to advise them about their strategic network. How could a professional assess the health of the network that they have right now? Okay, I'm going to take a step way back from there, Mel, because it's interesting. I've just listened to your interview on another podcast and you talked about mindsets. So I, I want women who are listening to think about their mindset around networking first. So before we do any of this work, I, I, I want to say what we always say in a career that soars, networking is working. Networking is part of your job. And if you don't think it is, well, you can come to one of our workshops on networking and I'll explain why it is. Networking is not turning up to events. And for those of us who are still working remotely all around the world, we know that they're few and far between, but they're starting to happen again. So networking, sure, going to an event or a conference or anything like that, yes, that, that's a component of where you can use your networking skills, but it is not the wholest bolus of networking. Networking is an opportunity to enhance your brand anytime you're in a room with anyone other than yourself. So the opportunities to network strategically and really well and build and nurture your network of people, particularly your strategic network of people, can occur every single day, multiple times. In a meeting, in an email, on social media, on a telephone call, doing a business case, presenting, yes, going to a conference, doing a podcast interview, whatever it may be. There are just so many different ways to strategically network, but it is part of your role because your role, and particularly as you become more senior in organisations, uh, and we'll talk about internal networks versus external networks, but certainly as, as we work through our careers and become more senior in the organisation, our focus shifts from 
inter being internally focused and getting the job done, the work of the business done, to enabling, empowering, coaching, mentoring others to do that work and focusing on the external forces and the external networks that are going to contribute to the organisation's goals and your own goals. So two things out of there. Networking is working. You must have a goal to make it strategic and you have to have a mindset that this is, this is part of what you're going to do on an ongoing basis. So that's, that's kind of where I wanted to start before we got into the how-tos. So looping back to your question, what should I do? And quite rightly, you've started off with, well, if I'm new to this train of thought, so you know, I don't want to tell anyone how to suck eggs, but let's say, well, okay, Michelle, let's, let's move into strategic networking. What should I do right now? Well, let's do an audit. I'm just the same as you would do with any other part of your life, your work. You know, I want to do something different. I want to create change. I want to evolve, whatever it may be. So where are we right now? So where is your network right now? And let's categorise the people in that network as to whether they're personal, operational or strategic. And then let's overlay that against your goal, whatever that goal is, and say, right, now I'm going to work out who's aligned to the goal and then I'm going to work out a set of activities that I'm going to do more of to make sure that I'm nurturing that strategic network. So that's the, the kind of, that's the process, Mel. Let's imagine uh, a hypothetical woman, maybe a member of a career that soars, and she's listening to us and maybe she's skeptical. Maybe she thinks that, her hard work is going to speak for itself and that's what's going to get her to advance. Why should she spend time on something like networking? I've seen this uh, some definitely in technical spaces where people want to focus on their technical work and they don't see how networking is working. So speak to that person. Why is this important? Okay, so why it's important. There are three reasons why this is important. Number one, research says when we ask bosses, and I'm using the genderless term, this is bosses of all genders, when we ask bosses why women don't get ahead, why they remain mired in the middle in organisations, one of the reasons is that they tell us she's got her head down and her bottom up and just so focused on her job that she's not scanning the horizon up, down, sideways, and she's visibly not interested in what else is going on in the organisation. And she's expecting to get noticed for her good work. Her good work is what she's paid to do. So number one reason why, why women don't get ahead, according to bosses, don't shoot the messenger, but according to bosses, is she's too focused on the job at hand. Number two uh, reason or why she needs to, to get ahead, and, and I'm going to quote from No Ceiling, No Walls from a, a management consultant called Vivian Eyre. By working so hard to get great results, women often take away time from building critical business alliances. Given the opportunity to stay in their offices and make sure their report is perfect, 
or going out of the office and talking to Joe about his business, women are more likely to do their own work. Now, when Joe's out of the office, guess what Joe's doing? Joe's talking about the business of the business. He's in the place where deals are done. He's in the place where people are noticed and career paths are set and strategic relationships are formed, including sponsorship arrangements. So that's, that's number two, is that we want you to, uh, yes, do a really good job, but we want you to get noticed. And number three, the third reason is you can ignore me and ignore this complete podcast and don't join a career that soars and don't reach your full potential because you might have the mindset that, hey, I really love my job and I'm happy in it. I'm okay. And I don't want the corner office, Michelle. I don't want to be a CEO. And I'll say to you, that's cool because not everyone can be the CEO. Not everyone can get onto the board. But you know what? If your full potential is where you are right now, is where you are right now, how much control do you have over your current position, your current organisation, your current boss and your salary? If you can tell me hand on heart that you have absolute control, that what you're doing right now is what you can do for the rest of your life because it's your choice, well, that's fantastic. But I've got to tell you, there's not a lot of environments around where people have jobs for life anymore. So that's the three reasons. These are the mindset shifts that need to happen. So if you're not her, you need to pay attention. And let's, let's crack on and talk about, well, what should I do now? And why is it important? It's important for lots and lots of reasons. You're listening to Lead to Soar, a production of A Career That Soars. A Career That Soars, or ACTS, is an organization, a networking platform, and a place for career women to learn and connect. Our founder, Susan Colantuno, envisioned a group that would embrace women from all backgrounds and support one another towards achieving their highest career ambitions. Learn more about what you can get from ACTS by visiting leadtosoar.com and clicking the ACTS link. talk next a little more in depth about what a robust strategic network looks like. And I think what we're getting to here are some of the types of people you might need to have a strong connection with in your network. So that's internal and external. Talk to us about that. Yeah. Thanks, Mel. The, so the first thing I'd say is there's... Uh, it's never too early and it's never too late in your career to go, holy moly, I need to get much better at this um, or I want to do this. So if there are some of you who are at the similar career stage as me and you're going, oh, I think I need to pay attention, cool, get on with it. If you're just out of college, cool, get on with it. So never too early, never too late. But in terms of, of your strategic networks, there are internal and external networks. So internal to the organisation that you work in and external to the organisation. And 
the, a great strategic network is broad. You have diversity in that network, and I mean diversity in every sense of the word. So you have people from different industries. You have people of different age brackets or life stages. You have different career stages. It's broad. I mean, we can give so many different examples of broad. Where I, I can use, be a bit, well, I, I will be autobiographical right now, where I came up against, well, I had one of my many aha moments that I've had during my career was when, and long-term listeners will know, you've heard my story about when I left Telstra in 2005, and I'd had 15 years in that organisation and was well-networked within the organisation. I was known, I had a great career paths stretching out in front of me and I, you know, I was good. I, I chose to, to leave that organisation and see if I was good as everyone was telling me I was. And one of the first things I bumped up against, particularly because of the role that I landed in, an executive role that had growth with a capital G, a skyscraper high capital G as part of my KPIs was, no one knew who I was. No one in our industry, no one, none of our clients or potential clients knew really who I was. So they didn't have that, that trilogy, that, that golden trilogy that we talked about last episode, which was they didn't know me, therefore they didn't trust me and they certainly didn't respect me because I was an unknown quantity. So I had to do a lot of work straight up to, to start building my brand. Who, who am I? What do I stand for? What do I bring? What can you count on me for? So those, those networks um, have to be internal and external and broad. The other thing I learned around that was looking, because I was in business process outsourcing, yes, that was an industry vertical in and of itself, but we're kind of all competitors in it. So we're all, you know, scrabbling for the same clients and things like that. So I needed to be connected to a lot of people in a lot of different industries, um, which as it turned out, um, and once my mindset shifted about, oh, networking, it's a bit icky, once it shifted into, this is really good fun, because I really like people. I'm not morbidly curious, I am morbidly curious, but I am incessantly curious about people and the human condition and what makes people tick. So guess what? Suddenly I had this, oh my God, this is good. I'm just getting to meet people, build relationships, Blah, blah, blah. So that's, that's broad. Connective, that's the second part. So people who are linked or bridge, and, and I'm, I'm waving my hands around here, which of course, listeners, you can't see, but I have this mental sort of mind map of a whole bunch of, you know, when you look down on LA and some of the big American cities, you see all the roads and the freeways linking and, you know, over the top. It's kind of like that. My network is like that. I've got a really broad network, but there are interlinking pieces, you know, so I've got a lot of people and, and women and men in sport, but then that spills over into business and then that spills over into sub-industries. And importantly, I can be that connective point in my network. So being, being that connector, you know, if you think, if you've ever played with Lego, I, I'm the Lego piece that, that connects a lot of those groups together. So that's connective. And dynamic. So it is evolving and responsive to your growth and responsive to your needs. Um, it grows as you grow. So it's, you know, it's an ecosystem and I, I just, ecosystem is such a great word to describe so many things and, but your network is an ecosystem of folks who 
well, an ecosystem feeds itself and grows itself and nurtures itself, and that's that's what it, it does. So broad, connective and dynamic, they're the three, that's the, the, the recipe for a really great strategic network. You're reminding oh, me. No, no, I forgot, oh. sorry, Mel, I forgot one bit. But of course, underpinning that is it's all linked what it is what it is i'm here to do or what it is that i want to do or achieve so that that wraps itself around that broad connective and dynamic ecosystem that you've got yeah so you're reminding me a lot of our previous discussion because we talked about you know you don't need to be bosom buddies with everybody that's not what this is about and then also, the, the point where we talked about women need to get comfortable with that reciprocation in those loose relationships, both giving and taking. Do you want to yeah. comment on that? Yeah, absolutely. The, um, so I am the first one to acknowledge that this, this business of strategic networking can be daunting for a lot of women. And there are a whole range of reasons, you know, the conditioning we get, the experiences we've had, or if that we're frankly, we're just inexperienced. And, and that's okay. This is a new skill. And guess what? It's a leadership skill. As you become more senior, it is an expected leadership skill. You're expected at a senior level to be very well networked. So if you don't believe me, go and ask, go and go and see your two-up manager or, you know, if you can get in to see the CEO or anyone in the executive team, Ask them about the importance of networks and how that important that was to their careers. All right, listeners, I have shared this before and I will share it again because it's just so poignant and important. This is a quote from the Center for Work-Life Policy. They said, to their detriment, women perceive cultivating relationships and mobilizing them on their behalf as at best an occasional necessity rather than the very exercise of leadership. They fail to see that the practice of seeking out powerful people, cultivating their favor, and cashing in those chips is itself a demonstration of leadership potential. So, Michelle, in the previous podcast episode, we were orbiting around this a bit. We talked about the mm -hmm. importance of reciprocation and we mean reciprocation, giving and receiving in these loose relationships, not just with your best friends, but other people in your strategic network. I'd like to ask you to comment on that. Yeah, thanks, Mel. And so networking and being a successful networker, and think, so think about that in the definition I've just given you, strategic, broad, connective, dynamic. Generosity and reciprocity fuels that ecosystem that I've just talked about. It fuels the, the know, the respect, the trust trilogy. And I know I keep reversing those, the, the respect and the trust, but the no, no respect trust. And the way that works, and well, the way it works for me is that, um, as we talked about in the previous episode, yes, I have thousands and thousands and thousands of people in my network and no I cannot have a coffee with every one of them even once a month but what I can do and, and I don't need to either because it's it's not you know they're not my personal 
they're not my personal network, my relationships with those close kind of, you know, the, the, the bosom buddies, as you said, Mel, these are people in my strategic network, my strategic professional network. So an example, a real life example right now is that my strategic network includes a lot of women in the sporting arena. And I do research around gender equality in sporting in sports administration. Right now, I have, I've got a, a, quite a number of women, about a dozen women, that I've been doing research on about their experience. Now, I have asked them for a lot. I've asked them for time to be interviewed by my, my one, uh, someone in my team, Sarah, for a, a written interview. I'm asking them for time to do a video uh, and a podcast interview. And I'm going to ask them to proofread what, what it is we're going to publish, all that kind of stuff. So I've, I've asked them for a lot to share, to help me, to help my brand and my business and the things that I think are important. But what's, what works with that is that I say to them, thank you very much for all that you've done and let me know when I can return the favour because I want to make sure that I can give back to you what you've given so generously to me. So they've been generous to me and I want to reciprocate. Now, there's a couple of ways that I, I, I will do that. Of course, I will be ready and uh, waiting for whenever any one of those women want to have a conversation with me, get some advice, come and do a, you know, a workshop with their team, make an introduction, whatever it may be, but I'm also going to be amplifying, amp I was going to swear then, amplifying the bejesus um, out of them across all of my platforms and, of course, across my networks because I want them to benefit from, from the generosity that they've shown me. So for me, that's a, really, that's a really great example of generosity and reciprocity, and it fuels that relationship. So uh, I hope that that's a, a good example, Mel. In a, in a less... I guess if I think about my, my time as a, as, a, as a leader and executive in, in corporate organisations, you know, things are, are, are could be as, as simple as this, hey Mel, I've got a project deliverable for next Friday. I don't have a data analyst free and I've got some numbers that I've got to be crunched. I know that you've got Jo in your team and she's really good at this. Can I borrow her for one day to get my analytics done? Mel might say, yeah, sure, no worries. And I'll say, thanks very much. Let me know when I can return the favour. Then Mel comes back to me and says, actually, I've got something right now. I'd like to borrow Stephanie from your team in a month's time because I've got a presentation to a customer and she's got a relationship with that customer. Or, Michelle, I need an introduction to so-and-so. Can you do that for me? Yep, no worries, doing it right now. Or it might, Mel might say, don't have anything now, but I'll be sure to come back to you. So that's that's... That's networking and that's generosity and reciprocity fueling your strategic network. You're getting work done, you're, you're making those connections, you're, yeah, these are networking tips and skills and, and as you already articulated, Mel, these are 21st century leadership skills. And, um, and, and as part of that, I, I want to quote uh, again from our book, No Selling No Walls, Susan's book, Effective leaders have strong strategic networks 
And while we're seen as we, as in women, are seen as having exceptionally strong interpersonal skills, so for those of you who have done the work, you know the you know, engaging the you know, using the greatness in me, engaging the greatness in others. We're, those are we're very strong in those. Um, whilst we're perceived, as, uh, we're not perceived as having strong strategic networks. So, for example, we are underrated or rated as underperforming men in three areas: the ability to build alliances having many contacts and being sophisticated about organisational dynamics. So that leads me into my next point, Mel, which is when I hear people say, oh, I just don't get involved in the politics and work, I want you to sit back and apply some critical thinking to that. What is politics at work? Now, I don't mean gossip, but I mean the organisational dynamics, the stuff that fuels organisations. Because let's face it, organisations are people. people well, we're human and we have emotions and mindsets and viewpoints and worldviews and all that kind of stuff. So people create organisational dynamics. People who are in leadership and in positions of power and influence are people you need to pay attention to in terms of your network, but also taking part in influencing organisational dynamics. That is also strategic networking. So there's a whole, whole lot of advice wrapped up into one uh, one monologue for for a few minutes. I think it's it's great, and I think I want to be really clear right here that you know there's some people that I've seen in my profession who they're not really interested in advancing, and their method of kind of operating in the professional world is really to kind of fly under the radar like their their actual strategy in their career is try to lay low fly under the radar and for some it works and for some it doesn't Michelle and I are not speaking to those people today the people that we are speaking to are women who want to advance particularly women who want to advance in the ranks of leadership if that's you we're speaking to you today. So, Mich yep. Michelle... 100%. <laughs> um, next, I'd like to get us into a little bit more of being proactive. So, let's say we are early in the process. What can I do to begin cultivating my network strategically? Yep. So the first thing to, to do is, as I said, do the audit. Who's in my network right now? And then overlay that in my strategic network. So remember, broad, connective, dynamic and aligned to your goal. So let's say your goal is you've identified the next role or your next big move. Let, let's call it that, the next big move. Now, the next big move may be I'm going to nail my current position, so I'm going to achieve mastery in my current position. And there's a lot of people who are going to know about that. So this is not just head down, bottom up, doing a really great job. I'm going to manage the perception of how I nail my job, how I've achieved mastery. It could be I'm going to go for a promotion or an assignment. I want to get onto that, that particular project team, whatever it may be. So have that goal and say, well, okay, what need what what's going to fuel this me me reaching that goal the first thing is the stakeholders who are the stakeholders associated with that role uh, with that goal i should say 
um, and start connecting with those people by engaging in activities aligned. Start overtly connecting to people. And so if I was to, and we touched on this in the last um, episode, if you receive career advice of you've got to uh, raise your profile and, and broaden your network, well, that's, that, that's okay, but it's actually incomplete. Better advice is, and, and I'm talking now to the leaders who are giving this advice, better advice is, Mel, I want to see you connecting with the people that are in, in around something that's aligned to your career goals. So, Mel, I'd like you to join. I think you should join this committee. I think you should be posting at least once on the internal social media, whether it's Yammer or Facebook at work or whatever you use, and I'd like you to establish establish your brand so that we so that more people than just me your boss understand what it is that you deliver for the organization so that that's better advice other things to to start networking strategically are well i mean mel you you've given a, a great example in um one of your podcast interviews which is how about i get involved in the industry association so how about I put my hand up for a committee or to run the committee or if there's nothing for going on for the thing that I'm passionate about, whether it's, you know, a women's group or a, a particular affinity group or interest group, whatever it may be, I'm going to start it and I'm going to gather people around and we're going to start doing some stuff. So create create the opportunities for yourself by by not only turning up but showing up to gatherings that matter. Strategic oh, networking. Michelle. Oh, go on. Not what? only turning up, but showing up. Showing That's up. so important. Okay, yeah. listeners, if you okay. are <laughs> if you've zoned out, come back. Don't just turn up, you've got to show up. So good. Yep. And showing up means well, you're not a passenger. So let's make sure that if you've shown up people know that you've shown up and I don't mean being you know the kind of annoying person like I used to be asking you know I was clearly meant to be a podcaster because I used to go to town halls and be the person asking all the questions a because I'm you know incessantly curious but b because I knew I wanted people to know who I was but you've got to you've got to play that game carefully but do be thoughtful I, I find I had an example this week where I had a group of women in an organisation who had an opportunity to hear from the COO and CFO of the organisation about the strategic and financial goals of the organisation, how they developed those goals and how they set direction for the organisation, how it plays out. You know, if we think about pie mentoring, they were getting exposure to decision making and decision makers, performance of the business, etc. Now they had great opportunity to show up and enhance their image as a leader. And many of those women did, which was awesome because they stepped forward and said, I've got a question. And they were thoughtful and it was authentic and they were able to, number one, demonstrate to the COO and the CFO, I know my business, I want to know more about the business, you're an expert, I want to engage with you. So that's, these are, and that's on a Zoom, and I know that a lot of us are still working remotely, we're still, still doing lots of town halls and meetings by Zoom. Some companies are going to do that forever, they're not going back into the office. So let's find ways to show up and again, be, be strategic, be planned, be deliberate. 
and you just can't go past that. So true. And for our new listeners, if you're new to Lead to Soar, Michelle just mentioned PI mentoring. That's an acronym. So if you go back and listen to some of the earlier mentoring episodes from early in season two, you can hear all about the differences between cake and PI mentoring. Yes, indeed. Are you a woman who has big dreams, is ambitious and driven to achieve your dreams, could benefit from an accountability partner to cheer you on or kick your butt, is ready to make or define your next move? Then our Get Shit Done Bootcamp is the right experience for you. At the end of just a few weeks, you will have supercharged your motivation and confidence and the next move towards your dreams will be well on its way. Join us inside A Career That Soars to learn more. You can find a link to access A Career That Soars by going to leadtosoar.com and clicking the A-C-T-S link. That's leadtosoar.com. introductions through people that you already know and and again I would encourage those who haven't listened to those mentoring podcasts to really work out the difference between a connection being made for you and a strategic introduction so for example I might say to Mel hey Mel you're in the uh, wastewater engineering space in North America I have noticed that there's a person uh, in your network, because I've seen that on LinkedIn and we've had a discussion about it, that would be very, very useful for me to know in the context of X, Y, Z, whatever my goal is. I'd very much appreciate a warm introduction to that person, including you if you're comfortable, and one would assume that you will be because you're in my network, if you're, if you're comfortable uh, recommending that this person engage with me. So. You know, though, and again, this is an explicit request, so I'm doing a courageous, I'm making a courageous ask um, of Mel, another one of our uh, pieces of terminology, and I'm looking for the generosity, reciprocity thing going on there. And of course, Mel will say, yeah, sure. And I'll go, thanks, let me know when I can return the favour. Focus on the value that you bring to the network. So this is, it's not all about taking. So if you think about networking in terms of, oh, I've just got to go and, ask people for stuff all the time. That's not the case. Again, thoughtful generosity. So what can I do to bring value to the folks in my network? It might be, hey team, folks, people, whoever they are, I've just found this really interesting article, podcast, TED talk, whatever it may be, that I know will resonate with so many of you. Have a listen, read, look let me know what you think because I've got some views and I'd love to discuss it, that kind of stuff. Or, you know, hey, there's an event coming up for, and I, I actually did this just recently, there was a, a particular event here in Melbourne um, and a, a, a great speaker around gender equality was there and I thought, oh, there's a couple of people, women in my network that I think would really appreciate going to that. So I invited them. Let's go to this together. 
we can have a catch up at the same time, but listen to some really some really interesting thought leadership around a subject that we're all passionate about. So bring value to your network. It's not always about taking. And prioritise. Prioritise your activities. So let's talk about quality over quantity. And we want you to be active, but deliberately active. So again, what's your goal? Who are the people aligned to your goal? And what do you need to do? And what's your plan to network with them over the next, and just do it, start off easy, start off over a month. Say, well, what am I gonna do in the next month to activate, stimulate and nurture that strategic network that I've got? And you can do a whole bunch of different things around that, whether it be the couple of examples I've just given you, which are, you know, be thoughtful, send out some information, whether it's a comment on LinkedIn, liking people's posts, it's a quick phone call, a text message. You know, there's just so many different ways beyond the let's have a coffee catch up uh, to network with people strategically. But be active and proactive. So you step into the space, don't wait for it to come to you. Absolutely. I love that. There's so many little tactical things there. And you're right. There's a whole spectrum from from simple to in-depth for beginning to build relationships and engage with people. So I think, um, Mel, I'm just going to give one quick tip, which is because some of this stuff can feel hugely overwhelming if you're starting out. You know, we use my good old crap to awesome scale. Zero is crap, <laughs> ten is awesome. If I'm down the if I'm down the crap end, I'm thinking, ah oh, man, what do I do here? Uh, and you think this just sounds too hard, Michelle. I just say, let let me help you set a goal. I want you to set a goal to say at least one thoughtful thing aligned to your business's goals at a team meeting this week then again the next week, then again the next week. So I want you to say four thoughtful things over a month. Now, particularly for those of you who are still working remotely on Zoom and Teams and you know all of those things, please step into that space. And that will require some preparation. So look at the agenda before the meeting, work out the bits that you're either expert in that you can share some thoughts on, curious about that you can ask questions of, or, um, people you want to support by actively going in and, and, and offering some words of support or endorsement, make, set a goal. That, that's a really simple way to start this process. That is networking. That is building your brand. That is letting people know who you are, what you stand for, and why they can trust and respect you. So there's one quick tip. I love that. So I, I'd like to, I don't know, maybe go into a little bit of kind of the different scenarios of somebody like really early in their career and somebody who's who's further along in their career. And I want to tell a little story. So I hear from a lot of young engineers and I love that. I love all of them. They're so talented and wonderful and passionate. So I, I love when I hear from any of you engineers out there. And uh, a while ago, in the earlier months of the pandemic, I heard from one such engineer, and her name is Mohini. And Mohini had graduated from school. She was looking for a job, and she was really struggling because 
well, it's the pandemic and how do you meet people and how do you do this, you know, remote networking. So she sent me a message and I had made this resource, this video about how to network on LinkedIn when you're at the very beginning, right? Like when you're looking for a job and how do you approach busy professionals that you don't know? And so I sent her this resource and she totally embraced all of this advice that I gave her and really applied it well. And her network blossomed. She got a job. She moved for this job. And then I heard from her again. Mohini gave me a call and she said, Mel, you know, I'm happy to have this job. I'm really grateful. But I know that my passion is really in the water space and I really want to work in water. What should I do? Should I just wait it out or should I start actively looking? And my advice to her was, well, you know, you've done a really good job building your network. Keep doing those things. Keep interacting with people in the water and wastewater community and start to express your passion and, you know, let people know when it makes sense that you might be looking. But, you know, it's still a really difficult time. The economy is still down because of the pandemic, etc. And so, you know, of course, I felt like I knew her at this point. We'd talked several times and it was literally a day or two after that that, you know, I was on LinkedIn and I saw a colleague of mine in a geography close to her that was looking for a junior engineer. And so I ended up referring her. And I tell this story because I don't want people to get the impression that I can get you all a job because that that's not <laughs> the point here. The yeah. point is that Mohini really did things right. She laid the groundwork by developing a relationship with me and others in the profession that she's most interested in being in such that we got to those those three things. I think I called it uh, no like and trust in the last episode. Mm-hmm. And Michelle, you said no respect and trust and very similar. So same concept. So I knew Mohini and I trusted her. And so when she, you know, came to me with the ask, I could feel comfortable referring her. But I wouldn't have felt that way if that was the very first message I had received from her on LinkedIn. Because at that point, we would be strangers and I wouldn't know her 100%. and there wouldn't be yeah. something established to trust. Mm-hmm. So I just think she did a fantastic job and if she did it, I know you can too. She built her network totally virtually in the midst of the pandemic. Yeah, I absolutely agree, Mel. And, you know, I've just got to say to all, also to reinforce what you've just said is that we, no one is a mind reader. And what, one of the things I find most useful to support women is when I know what their goal is, when I know what it is that they really want, particularly what they want from me. I can't do that heavy lifting. I can't do that mind reading, that guessing of, I wonder what Mel might want next week. So, and you know me, Mel, I always say, what can I do for you? What do you want, what do you want more of or less of? Um, because I, I want to know specifically what it is you want me to do. Because 
I want to, I am, I am invested in you. I am invested in your success and I want to make that happen for you. But I want to be really planned and deliberate and intentional about it. So for those of you listening, we love to help, but we've got to know how. So have it, have that explicit ask ready. But also, I, I just want to deviate into talking about LinkedIn. Can I give some advice to all of the folks out there who make a connection to someone like me and then immediately hit me up with a sales call or with a pitch or with a, I'd like you to do business with me. Now, same deal. I don't know you. I've, I've just connected you with you on LinkedIn and frankly, that's the same as collecting a business card from my perspective. You have not taken the time to know who I am. And, and I've got to tell you, sometimes I get pictures from people. I got one for, for about LED signs. We'd love to do your LED signs. I'm going, dude, I work all over the world. I don't have, I'm a virtual worker. I don't have freaking signs. And even if I did, I don't know who you are. So don't pitch to me, whether it's your career, your business, whatever it may be, please, we've got to take the time to be thoughtful and respective and build that rapport and build the relationship to say, just like you did, Mel, so that you can then say, I get this person. I know who she is. I know what she stands for. I can see her capability and I know exactly what she wants. I can step into that space. So please, yeah, there's a way that there's a to do and there's a do not do this list. So please, well, please adhere to that. Absolutely. I mean, what a missed opportunity for sign guy, because if he oh, had yeah. developed some rapport with you and, you know, not only <laughs> not pitched you for something you didn't need, but if there, if he had built the rapport and you two liked each other, you would have referred him happily to people. Uh, yeah. Probably and without him the, asking. Uh, probably. So, yeah, but... Anyway, so, and, and look, that's just one example. And I just, I, I literally would have, I don't know, I don't know how many a week. It's, yeah. it's infuriating. Well, and, and I do, I love to connect with people on right. LinkedIn. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm not one of those people who, unless it looks like one of those spammy ones, or they ask me out for on a date and I think, oh, you've so got that wrong. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, I think, you know, this is frustrating because... It's just not the way to do business it, well, that's, in any way, shape or form. That's right. And I, so I want to bring it back to the, the young professionals mm -hmm. again, people just starting out. You know, in my opinion, if you are searching for a job, you're selling. You're selling yourself. And the same thing that Michelle just, just described applies there. It's not appropriate or well-received if the first message someone gets from you is, hey, can you help me get a job? Because again, the rapport hasn't been established and you're not known, liked and respected yet. So, mm -hmm. the, you know, taking the time to build the relationships is just absolutely critical in, in multiple different steps. Okay, let's let's go the other direction now and look later in, in the career. I was thinking about the different types of sort of internal and external connections mm -hmm. that a professional mm -hmm. needs. And so I've got this little list here I just want to share really quickly. So there's, there's leaders that are internal to your company. There are industry leaders that have 
you know, direct influence in your industry. They could be at competing companies or at related companies. There are industry stakeholders. Uh, maybe that's investors or something else. And then you've got, of course, your internal team members. So maybe maybe that's part of both your strategic and operational network. You've yep. got your clients and customers. You've got your own company's service providers. And then you've also got external teaming partners. And so I was just thinking about how, Michelle, when you talked about how important it is for higher level leaders to be well networked. These are the kinds of things that I think about because getting the job done in a decent sized company is not just about your team members. It's also about all of these external leaders, stakeholders, clients, teaming partners. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a really um, a, a practical example is, you know, when when we get to a certain level, uh, and and certainly you know, hiring managers, leaders who are hiring other leaders, you know, leaders of leaders, we we want to be able to tap our network for talent, and and in and certainly in a range of different skill sets or industries, there's a real skill shortage. So you know, the race or the war for talent is is absolutely on. Now, so this is kind of a, a message for both, you know, the, the, the leaders and, and those who are looking <laughs> to try to connect with those leaders. But so as, as I became more senior in, in my organisations, the, the various ones that I worked for, yes, I became a hiring manager. So I wanted to be able to, particularly when I had, uh, you know, my career was characterised by a good amount of, you know, sort of turnaround or remediation. Hey, Michelle, help us come and come over and help us fix this. So I wanted people who could come and work with me, whether they actually, you know, were in my teams or my external partners that I knew that I could trust to get the job done. And for in a lot of those cases, I needed them to be able to hit the ground running because we had some stuff to do, really important stuff to do quickly. So my external network, hugely important. And I was known for having being really well networked. So, hey, Michelle, do you know a supplier that can provide X, Y, Z? Hey, Michelle, I'm looking for a, or <laughs> Michelle to herself, man, I really need a, an absolutely red-hot operations manager in the XYZ domain. Actually, I know who I can call who might be perfect or who will know someone who's perfect. And, you know, that just cuts through weeks and weeks and weeks of, of bureaucracy. And so that's just, just one example of, of how talent, whether it be talent that you're employing directly or talent that you need to bring in as part of you know, those partners, the, your suppliers and things like that, can, can be so critical to achieving the goals that you've got um, for your, your organisational goals. So hugely important to nurture. Yes, we have to nurture our, nurture our internal uh, networks and you know, work out the people who will help you get work done. You know, picture your value stream, you know, upstream, downstream. What's it going to take to get the work done uh, in your organisation? And I've, I gave you an example before how, about how Mel and I were you know, using organisational resources to get stuff done. But think about it externally. Who do you know? And 
how do you know them and, and how can that accelerate the organisation and you achieving those strategic and financial goals? So that's a, that's a really practical example of why external strategic networks matter. Yeah. Michelle, this has been such a great conversation and I want to share with our listeners that if they'd like to go more in depth in how to build their strategic network, they should join us inside a career that soars and take advantage of some of the courses or workshops we offer, in particular, Your Mantle of Leadership. And uh, we also do some networking-specific workshops in there as well. So, Michelle, to wrap us up, do you have any final tips you'd like to share? I do. And to, to reinforce, uh, our premium members get on-demand access to our, our, particularly our workshops. So we have a, a really good one. And I, and I know self-praise is no praise at all, but How to Network Like a Boss is a really good workshop. And you can watch that um, or participate in that live or on-demand. So what do we want you to do? Number one, Make an inventory. Who is in my network at the moment? Are they operational, personal or strategic? Number two, so what do I do about that? When I say what do I do about that, what's my goal? And then how do I start mapping my strategic network? Those folks are in my strategic network towards my goal. Um, so you, you're going to do a bit of a gap analysis. If I've got a lot of people in my personal network and I need a strategic network, well, you, you can do the math, right? And then number three, how might I improve that? I want you to identify one, maybe two relationships that you can start off with now that you would like to advance or nurture based on your goal. So audit, align the strategic network with your goal and then pursue one to two relationships to get you started. That's what you need to do. Excellent. And Tell our listeners, when's the best time to nurture your strategic network? The best time to nurture your strategic network is when you don't need it. And that is right now. That's right. Thank you so much for joining me today, Michelle. This has been a great discussion. Thanks, Mel. Awesome as always. Thank you for downloading Lead to Soar. We so appreciate your support in the form of subscribing, rating, and reviewing the Lead to Soar podcast. We especially appreciate when you share Lead to Soar with friends and colleagues. Lead to Soar is hosted and produced by Michelle Redfern and Mel Butcher. To get in touch with either, visit michelleredfern.com and melbutcher.com. Lead to Soar is a production of A Career That Soars. Learn more at leadtosoar.com. Until next time, stay focused and lead on. Okay, so let's imagine that we are talking with a professional woman and she wants help to think about networking and what she can do, how can she assess the health of her network, of her strategic network? Well, number one is working out who is in your network. And sorry, Mel, my cat's meowing. Hang on two ticks. Far out, these animals. Winston.
cheeky little thing. 